This episode is brought to you by Camel Snooze. Did you hear that sound, boys? That's right. That's the dinner bell, so you know what time it is. Lip dinner! One of my personal favorite products on the market, Camel Snooze offers you the ability to enjoy dip without feeling like you're going to vomit and die afterwards. Are you tired of throwing in a messy lip of worm dirt like Grizzly or Skull, or even dealing with those gross pouches that seem like they're pre-soaked in somebody else's spit bottle? You're pretty sick, Chubbs. Well, I've got the solution for you. Camel Snooze comes in perfectly packed pouches with no mess and no cleanup required. They also come in several flavors like Frost, Mint, Robust, which kind of tastes like perfume, Mellow, which I haven't tried yet but probably sucks as well, and my personal favorite, Winter Chill. Pop one of these bad boys in your upper lip or even go lower deck if you're feeling crazy and once you feel the burn, you know it's working, son. The buzz is just enough to make you feel alive and you don't even have to worry about spitting it out, which means there's no risk of your friends or significant others grabbing a water bottle out of your car on a hot summer's day only to take a swig and realize they've just ingested a mouthful of your dip juice. We've all been there, but now you don't even have to worry about it. So head on over to your local gas station today and get a tin to try it out for yourself. And when you ask the cashier for a can of snooze, go ahead and use the promo code Turd Ferguson for 25% off 20 cents of your purchase. And now, let's start the show. What up, everybody? Episode number nine of the first live live podcast. You got your host Brando here, and I'm sitting next to my main man, Polly D, aka number thirteen, aka Breaker of Chains, aka El Capitano. What up, dude? What's going on, Brando? How are you doing, man? I'm living the dream, buddy. Living the dream. It's a beautiful Wednesday. It's a breezy day here in Tampa Bay, and I can't stop rhyming. So I'll go ahead and <laughs> go ahead. Well, before we get too carried away, let's introduce uh, one of our other favorite guys. We have uh, Bry Guy here, also referred to last week as Pavel Bure. I know he's riding that compliment all week long. Um, join it while I can. What's up, Bry? What's up, White Stains? <laughs> What's up, you miff? How you doing, buddy? Oh, just another, another cloudy day, terrible day here in, uh, in Tampa Bay, so living the dream. That- that's the complete opposite of what Brando said, because over in our studio, it's actually pretty nice and sunny over here. It would be cool if I got invited to that studio once in a while. <laughs> How about that? No, we like you where you're at, buddy. Thanks for, uh, for joining us as well. Um, obviously, we'd love to bring you on because you are our fact checker. Um, and when we get to the Beer League recap here, you know, a lot of stuff that we say might not be 100% correct. So Brad Guy kind of... Uh, is going to take the reins on this one. Um, but we do have a lot to talk about today. We have our host, or sorry, not our host, our guest, 
Matt Walsh, a.k.a. Sensei Walsh, is going to be joining us momentarily as well. So we'll get to that. Um, we have a couple special segments. Um, a couple of our boys out in the field working over the weekend and really bringing some grade A material. So we're really looking forward to that. But um, why don't we go ahead and dive into the Beer League recap. Bry Guy, what happened Monday night? Well, a, a lot of good things happened. It seemed like we were, uh, we were up against the Beer Hawks, battling for that number one spot, trying to get home ice. So we can wear black jerseys through those playoffs. Um, always a good matchup with them. It's always uh, it's kind of tight. It's uh, it's intense usually. We're playing them for numbers of years. You know, even we share players on some of the the teams. So I know we got off to a pretty good start there in the first uh, on the board when Walsh uh, bangs one in from the uh, I think the bottom slot area on the left. We were uh, we were, we put up a good fight. It was pretty equal the first couple minutes till we got that. And it was um, one nothing after the first, and then we uh, we kind of opened it up there a little bit in the second. Brando uh, bangs one in after taking it to the net on a four on one, I believe. Bang bang! I was actually the only guy back, and I'm not defense, just so you know. <laughs> well, always a smart play going to the net, even when you got three open sticks on you. So let me chime in with two quick responses to what you said. Number one, when Walsh scored his first goal, I'm pretty sure his feet were on the goal line. And he was just trying to throw the puck out front and somehow banged in, you know, through Danielle's five hole or something like that. And number two, yes, it was a four on one and I didn't realize it. So I tried to power move on the defenseman, beat him. And then I look up, no one else is around. Everyone else just kind of curled away. And so I just shot a five hole and ended up scoring. So I'm not really quite sure what happened. Well, usually when you got the puck on your stick, there's not many of us are banging for a pass there. We're, we're going to let you do your thing usually. So. Well, yeah, everyone charged in, and I was uh, a little late in the play. I was like, I'm just going to sit back and uh, hang out in the blue line in case this goes the other way so we're not completely screwed. <laughs> Paul being responsible on the defensive end. How about that? <laughs> First time. I'm, I'm the dad of the group. I got to be responsible, right? <laughs> okay, what happened after that, Brian? Okay, so we had a 2 nothing lead at that point, and then um, and your boy Brian got here, bangs one in through Eddie's legs right at the top of the crease for a, for a three, nothing lead. And then, and then something happened. We had a little trouble uh, clearing the puck out of our zone for a little bit. I know Eddie got held up at the blue line blatantly, no call. And all of a sudden they, uh, they knocked in two in a span of about a minute, I think. So that, uh, that set us back a little bit. No worries. Coke is going to go wrap around full five hole on Danielle next goal. And about a minute later to really uh, stop that momentum in their tracks. Yeah, how did you how did you guys recover after that shift? Um, I believe you, Reese, and Eddie, the grind line, were out there, um, and they popped in two back to back goals on the same shift. And um, you know, it kind of it kind of rattled us a little bit. But you know, here comes the scoring line out right after that, and I don't know how quickly we scored, but it seems that you know it might have slowed us down for a second. But we kind of regrouped ourselves and got back out there and, and popped in the next one. And uh, we also have uh, Zona, Paul's dog in the background, has uh, decided that a squeaky toy is a good decision right now. So we're going to take care of that. Bry guy, go ahead and continue. Is a squeaky toy ever really a bad decision, though? I mean, <laughs> never. never. You sure it's not Paul chewing on it? You never know, man. <laughs> All right. So we're going to – we'll take it into the uh, – actually, I think of the – 
was the end of the what period was it? We didn't oh, score. You're a fact checker. You didn't write this shit down, man. No, I, I got I got it up in my head. I got it written down. But um, I know we we only scored one goal. Yeah. So Brando, you banged in another one. You went a. Uh, I think it was low glove on her, just un, unsuspecting from the top of the circle. Absolute snipe. That's the next correct. one to make it five to two. And then at, even though I think it was a minute later after that, we had a, a shot from the point by Jay right off the faceoff. Eddie goes a little tipsky, bar in on Daniel. And that was, uh, I think that was uh, pretty much it for her in the in the effort category. It was a six to two game at that point. So shout out to rookie Jay. Rookie Jay getting getting some playing time this season, man. And then we uh, we took that momentum into the third and 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 she kind of just uh, phoned it in at that point. I know Coca had another wraparound goal on her, and I, I feel like she she gave it about a forty percent effort on that one. Not to undercut his play, very nice wraparound off the boards and uh, on the rebound. And um, after that, it was just soft dumps in the corner because they seemed to give up the last five minutes. Nothing better than a good old soft dump at the end of the game, right? <laughs> well, t- it's typical when we play them. I mean, they're a solid team, and they usually battle us for first place. Uh, every season but you know typically if we bring it to them we break them and then they just kind of give up that last five minutes because they're just completely crushed uh morally so good job to us boys for doing that and uh shout out to uh russell besides that minute and a half breakdown i think we had we couldn't get the puck out of the zone he pretty much kept him off the board i think i counted between 33 and 34 saves and uh like i said you take those two off that we uh we kind of let him down, then he, uh, he's pretty perfect that game. That guy's always a beauty, that red-headed slut. I love him. And for the second game in a row, no penalties the entire game. That's unbelievable. I mean, I'd say we're just a bunch of gentlemen, I think. Well, Paulie D says it best. What do you always say, Paul? <laughs> Put the whistles away, boys. <laughs> God, God damn it. <laughs> nice setup, right? You're welcome. Uh, uh, there should have been a penalty call. They did catch a high stick to the visor. But, uh, yeah, I guess apparently the refs don't like to call penalties. So, it is what it is. We got the W. We're looking great. We're looking good. Uh, how many more games do we have left in the season now? Two or three? I don't even remember. Anyways, like, we're, like we're sitting in first. Right, Brian, what's our record again? We are officially in first, right? We are eight and two. Eight and two. Good numbers there. Oh, sexy numbers. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I did a little teaser earlier that we're going to bring on uh, a new segment here. We had some of the boys out on the road recording um, in the club, man. And, <laughs> you know, what, what kind of what kind of club? Yeah. That? And let me let me set this up by saying um, uh, Bry Guy, you know, yours truly uh, joining us today, as well as one of our former um, one of our former guests, Eddie. You guys were – where were you, Brian? Uh, we, we hit the town Friday night. We uh, went out and watched the, the Lightning Brick House, which was not a good idea. It was not a very good watch party there. Uh, caught the vibes when they walked in. But we were there. We thought we'd ride it out. Got a little, got a little, little waffled there. Um, then uh, someone said strip club. And we're like, yeah, that's a good idea because why not? And we lost. It was, it was depressing. Let's go see some boobs, you know? Mm. And um, from, from that point, um, Eddie and I recorded a couple segments for you guys that we'll get to. And um, you can kind of track our, our late night activities there through um, 
through some some entertaining material we got. Well, the best part about this is that, uh, you know, n- nobody's heard these recordings except for Brian, Eddie, and, um, and the uh, interviewee that they were speaking to at the club. So why don't we start this off by playing the first clip, and then we will join back here with Brian Guy, talk some NHL, and we'll go from there. Does that sound good to you, Brian? Um, I'm so excited for this. Okay, boys, we'll be right back. What's up, kids? This is Mariah Guy coming at you live from uh, Secrets in Tampa. I got the manager of the Players' Cup, Eddie Leupold, here with me. What's up, Eddie? Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm not sure what we're doing here. We're going to be scouting new talent. We may be scouting bad talent. We're going to be just getting a little drunk after the Lightning lost the game. But uh, the manager, Eddie Leupold, is already assessing the uh, situation with the talent. What do you think about this? Yeah, you know, we, we came out to do some scouting. We wanted to see some new talent, just see what happens. It's worth a look-see, you know? Worth a look-see. We're not sure if it's too loud, too soft in here. We've had a couple shots. We've had a couple beers. We'll keep you updated if anything changes. We'll talk to you kids later. It's Bry Guy and Eddie Lupo here at Secrets here getting out at you. Fuck yeah, motherfucker! Wow. Um... Those guys always crack me up. I'm kind of curious to hear the rest of that segment. I'm actually hearing this all for the first time today. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, four segments. That's going to be just pure happiness, though, the further we get into the night. Bry Guy, I mean, uh, again, welcome back. We're going to jump into good old NHL recap here. And there is uh, only a few games going on, obviously, being in the conference finals. So uh, where do you want to start, Paulie? Um, you know what, let's start with, uh, Winnipeg and, uh, Vegas. Um, you know, as of today, right now, Brando, they're all, they're tied up, uh, one apiece. Pretty good series so far. I'm really liking what I'm seeing. Um, I don't want to say I called it, but Ryan Reeves and Dustin Bufflin, that's really fun to watch. Yeah, it is. And I, you know, I also mentioned that it was going to be mostly in game one, but it looks like things are carrying over into game two and probably going to be in game three tonight. So I'm excited to see those guys uh, go toe to toe. And uh, those are some big bruisers, man. So, I mean, that's exactly what you want to see having players like that in your team. But uh, I cannot believe Vegas won a game because, you know, I call the sweep. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both teams are, are phenomenal. And Winnipeg is so strong up front, and Vegas is, you know, you just can't count them out because they just keep going as well. I mean, they have so many weapons also. So I'm, a, I'm sitting back enjoying the ride. Um, you know, tonight, game three is now the first game in Vegas, the first time they haven't had home ice advantage. And uh, Vegas is going to do their, uh, their little theatrical show before the game. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, it, it's different. Uh, I guess I read the producer of that uh, used to work for the WWE which makes a ton of sense now. It does. Because it's very much like that. But, I mean, yeah, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool at first. Um, and I didn't really get a chance to watch the second series too much when they played San Jose. But did they do something, like, pretty much similar to the first one? Yeah, it's almost identical. You get the knight out there on the ice who's swinging the sword around um, against uh, the other team's logo with the flag. Then you have like the watcher on the castle with like the lantern and you know that bunch of guys with drums and 
Tron goggles or whatever. Um, you, you know, it's it's Vegas, man. It's all about the spectacle, dude. I, I understand why they're doing it. I understand, uh, you know, it, it works. I think, it, you know, it can be a little bit cheesy in my opinion, but I mean, what are they going to do tonight? They're going to have a knight um, fighting a, a jet at center ice. Like, how's that going to work? <laughs> well, see, you know, knights versus kings was pretty cool because you know you could physically do that. Uh, knights versus sharks was complicated, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to have some type of transformer out there? <laughs> I don't know, Brad. What do you think about that whole spiel? I, I would love it if just like Mark Sanchez came out in a Jets jersey and then he just beat him that way. That'd be much funnier than shooting down an airplane or something. Well, so I was reading the article on this, and um, I guess the guy who is actually the knight is some British guy who plays beer league hockey four times a week out in Vegas. And that's hilarious to me because, you know, he's playing beer league hockey, and then all of a sudden one day he's putting on this armor and the sword and skating around the ice doing something completely different. I mean, that's pretty funny. I could be like anyone. I don't know why when you said Mark Sanchez, I pictured Mario Lopez from <laughs> AKA AC Slater, <laughs> which actually made me excited to see him fight a, a night at center ice. I think it's actually, you know, I don't watch too much football. I do know who Mark Sanchez is, but you know, my mind wanders sometimes anyways. But uh, so what's going on with this series, man, we got one-to-one tie Vegas comes back and just smokes the jets last week. I mean, there goes my sweep call again, way to go jets. You ruined it. Um, now they're going into Vegas I mean, what do you see as the outcome for the game tonight, Brad Guy? Why don't you start us off? Uh, I'm sticking to my original prediction. I said uh, said Vegas in five. I think they they win pretty handily tonight with the with the energy and the crowd and being home. I think it's a tough matchup on Friday when they come back. But I think they they I think they don't lose anymore on the route to the cup. <clears throat> Well, well, I think what's interesting, and um, yeah, you know, I'm right on board with you on that, Brian. We both talked about that last time. Is when Winnipeg won, they kind of just really took it to Vegas right away. I think put them on their heels, and they scored three goals in that first period, which pretty much won Game One. Um, they've been a little bit slow to score since then. So, um, you know, interesting. I feel like they kind of got to Flurry, but Flurry's obviously the key. Um, I also want to point out though that we've been joking for the past month or two about the worst trade in the NHL, uh, freaking Thomas Tatar. Uh, you know what Detroit gave up? Uh, best trade. Best <laughs> trade in the NHL. Well, if you're a Detroit fan, yeah. I mean, overall, there's definitely winners and losers in that trade. And it looks like Vegas was a loser with that. And look at him. They throw him in the lineup, and the guy puts not just a goal, in, but a huge goal for game two. So maybe uh, not so bad a trade after all. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Um, obviously, you guys know that I'm rooting against uh, uh, Vegas. Um, I think the Jets are going to come out tonight with a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to look at this Vegas team and be like, listen, you guys are all third-line players. I don't know how the fuck you're scoring, but it's time to put you back in your place, and they're going to pop in at least five goals on Flurry tonight. You heard it here first. Pretty much like a sweep, but almost even better. Five-nothing final score Jets tonight. Yes. <laughs> Such bold predictions here. I, I love that all your predictions have been spot on too, Brandon. <laughs> Dude, all it takes is one time for me to be correct and I look like a genius. So I'm going to keep throwing these out here. And when it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, there's always next year, boys. So we'll just go, uh, you know, I, you know, I do like, you know, Tomas Chatar. 
I love watching him in Detroit. He is a he is a a great goal scorer. He just has a knack of finding those open areas and getting the puck in the net. So hopefully Vegas gives him another shot and he can potentially get out there. But they're not going to score tonight because it's going to be five nothing. So you know, I'm also familiar with a, another podcast out there that I absolutely love. That um, there's also someone on that podcast that does a lot of predictions that are completely off as well. So you know. Uh, Shout out to my boy, Witt. <laughs> Is that where you're going with it? That's where I'm going with it. Man, maybe. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really put money down in any of these games, so I don't really lose any money. It's just more of my, uh, I guess, my uh, respect, I guess, <laughs> you know. But, oh, well. So, so let's talk about something else that's going on here uh, with these playoff things. Is uh, Playoff things, playoff games is the road wins man um it's been consistent it's happening even more these road teams are winning again and again and i hear people talking about it you know what's the is there really home ice advantage what's going on with that uh cooper was at an interview the other day saying that you know what when it does matter is the matchups for game seven and i totally get that um you know is there really a home ice advantage these days i still feel like there is man your own building getting that win is huge you know maybe it's too much pressure you know brando bry let me let me chime in here. Uh, you know what, Brian, Brian, let's go to you, and then I'll, I'll round this out. Go ahead. I think home ice plays a big advantage in the first two rounds when um, there, there's more when, – when there's tougher matchups, meaning like a, a one versus eight or, or a two versus seven, then home ice, yeah, I think it comes into play a little more because you get that little extra jump for the, the better team. When you get this deep, guys have already played, um, you know, almost – could be up to you know 14 games like like these guys are good they're gonna come out they're gonna play hard they they know what's at stake so i don't think home ice plays a huge advantage at this stage i think you might give it a small edge to the home team but um nothing substantial i think it's just whoever comes out hardest is gonna win the game at this stage i agree 100 percent um home ice advantage I, I agree. It does play a big role in it, but it's all about getting that first goal and really getting the crowd into it. I think that this last, and this will kind of segue us into the Tampa series after this, but this last game that, uh, or sorry, no, well, the last game technically was last night. They got the win, but the game before that, the second home game for the lightning when they just got shit pumped and everyone started leaving the building. I mean, put yourself in the shoes of a Tampa Bay lightning player. You've been one of the best teams in the league all year or for the last few years, pretty much. You make it to playoffs. You're back in the conference finals. You get your ass kicked. You go down 2 nothing in the series. There's seven minutes left in the game. People are walking out, and that is just a slap in the face of the organization, in my opinion. And shame on those people for walking out like that because not only did they get their ass kicked, but then they got to leave and they got to go to Washington into the lion's den over there after just disappointing the city of Tampa. So I don't know. I would have liked to seen a little bit of a, a better response from the fans, a little bit more support maybe. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, you know, half the Tampa Bay Lightning fans were actually going to pack up their bags and move out of Tampa after that second game because you guys were crying about it so much. But now look, Tampa's back in business, son. Two to one in the series. These guys are legit, and you guys sh- shouldn't be scared, man. They're going to come back and win this. What do you think, Paulie? Well, I was there on Sunday at Emily Arena, and um, I stayed the whole time. I bet you did. I was crying in my seat, <laughs> <laughs> hands head in my hands, but I stayed the whole time, uh, as I should. 
True fan. So, true fan. Yeah, some of these people walking out, you know, trying to avoid traffic, all that bullshit, you know, it just drives me nuts. But, you know, I never said Tampa is the city of the best fans. We have some good fans compared to other small market, warm weather cities. But there are some people here that are just not in the know. I guess you could say it nicely that way. Tampa has great fans. But when at this point in the season and you do like a 50% walkout of the stadium, even more, I don't even know how many people left. But for any of you guys that were either there or watching the game on TV, you saw these people just after they scored, what was it, the sixth goal or something like that, people were just filing out of there. And there's a lot of game left. And obviously, you know, it would be really tough for them to come back and, and tie things up and push into OT or, you know, even come back and get a victory at that point. But, you know, it's just tough seeing that happen in such a big game. But then for them to respond and go into Washington and then just tune these boys up last night, that was legit. So, Bry Guy, I'm sure you watched the game last night, right? I did. Why don't you give us your thoughts on that game last night? What went well for the Lightning, and how did they come out with the W? Well, Cooper obviously read him the riot act before this. He got him. He got him ready uh, on that on that flight up, I guess, because uh, that was not the the same team we saw in Game One and Game Two. They looked hungry. They looked fast. They looked relentless. And maybe part of it could be due to Washington being a little little laid back being up 2-0 at home, thinking they're going to just steamroll the series. But either way, you know, Tampa hanging three on them early, it is, you, you don't come back from that when, when a team is playing fast on you. And uh, you could hear that building was as, as quiet as the Bolts building was on Sunday. We didn't, we didn't give them much to cheer for except to the end there when uh, Kuznetsov went super snipe bar down. But uh, too little too late at that point. And uh, Tampa can keep up the momentum and the speed and the, and the aggression, I, I think they stand a good chance tomorrow as well. Well, and that's what I'm getting back to circling back. I mean, do you feel like there's too much pressure being a home team? I mean, Washington owns a amazing road record. You know, we saw what happened with Columbus and Washington. Now Columbus came in their building, took two wins, and then Washington went on the road and got two more back. You know, we're kind of seeing things here. Do you think like maybe it's almost – almost too much pressure, too much buildup getting into it that the road team can kind of go in and casually be a little bit more relaxed to kind of capitalize? Or do you think it's coincidental? I mean, it is, it's happening a lot. These road teams are, are winning again and again. Honestly, dude, I'd be interested to go back and look at the stats to see who won the game and who scored the first goal of the game. Because when you get the crowd into it um, and the crowd is just rocking – then you carry that momentum and you can usually get a couple goals out of that. But the beautiful thing about playoffs is that, you know, you go in the locker room, you have a 20 minute break. The coach can change up lines, can change up strategies and come out as a whole different team, basically in the next period, all of a sudden you got momentum rocking the other way and the building gets quiet again. So I don't know, man, it really, it's all about the momentum swings and in, in a series tonight, like uh, Vegas and Winnipeg, if, uh, Winnipeg goes in and Vegas is rocking like they were on that opening night, like the very first game in Vegas. You remember that, how they put up like four goals on Arizona in like the first few minutes? Like they were just insane. With Derek England giving speeches before the game. Yeah, that's powerful stuff, man. That's momentum that you can really take through and you can just ruin another team in that first period. But if something happens like that, you need somebody like Buffalo to step up and fight and get some momentum back into your uh, into your side of things. So, 
I don't know, man. I mean, that's that's the best part about hockey is that you can have a three goal lead after the first period, and then end of the second period, you're down five three going into the third. It's a it's a battle, man. That's that's why I love the game. So if I understand what you're saying, you're almost saying that home ice advantage is like a double edged sword. That yes. if you capitalize on it, it will propel you to the next level in a huge way. If you um, do something stupid, or you have Tom Wilson score thirty seconds in to your home game, it could totally silence the building and go against you more than if you're on the road and you get behind, you might not feel as bad as if you feel at home and behind because there's the pressure. So I would actually agree with that, Bri. Um, You said feel pressure at home. I'm not not sure it's a negative pressure. There might be an excitement, you know, you know, pressure buildup because if you ask anybody at this stage of the playoffs, would you rather play Mm -hmm. at home or on the road? I don't care how many you've lost at home already. You want you want that home ice, I think. And there's, you could say there's less pressure on the road, but I, I've, I've never bought into that either. Give me that home ice every time. I can see that as well. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm just looking at the game tonight. We got, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see how Vegas comes out right off the bat, and if they don't jump on Winnipeg. And like I said, they're about to get steamrolled. So I guess we'll we'll see. But um, let's go back. Uh, you talked about some nasty snipes from the Washington-Tampa series. Oh, my God. Stamkos and Kucherov on the power play with those rocket one-timers from the opposite sides. For Oh, my. Dude, I can't even talk about it. It's just. Yes, exactly. It's just, dude, it's just a thing of beauty, man. How many times they practice those shots for them to pull it off. Um, and their power play has just been red hot. So anytime Washington takes a penalty, they know that they're pretty much fucked. So that's one thing that Washington's got to do, stay out of the box. And they, you know, they'll be able to compete against Tampa. And, you know, have you guys heard anything about Backstrom lately? Is he still out for next game or what? Um, it's still game time decision. Um, I think tonight's going to be the night or tomorrow night's going to be the night they put him in because you know, I think they were going to try and keep him off until they lost. And I think now is the time to try and make a difference, which is a completely different dynamic. But, you know, he has missed a few games, so maybe they could catch him off guard. Um, yeah, I want to bring out a couple pointers real quick. I'll tell you, Kuznetsov, just unbelievable. I just can't say enough about this guy. He is fun to watch. Um, I wish he played on a different team, but he is – hell of a player and he's really coming through i feel like he's the catalyst for washington that they haven't had in the past and he is a difference maker clearly he won the goal to beat pittsburgh um but he's a difference maker that they didn't have him mature enough in previous seasons you know really pushing away so hats off to him um also i want to touch on tom wilson uh i don't know if you guys saw it all he got hit by strawman um you know I'm not going to argue if it was a good hit, bad hit or not, but I will say that he did kind of cry about it in the press conference afterwards and, you know, make it a big deal. Like if he was, if the hit was reversed, he would be looked at. Sure. Of course, dude, just like if Marchant did something, he's always looked at harder. That's what happens when you're a repeat offender. But you know, this guy's a big bruiser go in there, hit people. It just annoys me. Why is he crying? You know, like he should understand how things are out there. Don't complain when you get hit. If you're going to when you get it. I like that. I like that. And um, I like, you know, Tom Wilson is one of those guys. You either love him or you hate him. Obviously, if he's on your team, you love him. And if you're playing against him, you hate him. Um, He's a tough guy. He's strong on his skates. He destroys people on a regular basis. That Strawman hit, yeah, it was on the numbers a little bit. But 
he also didn't try and defend himself. You know, he kind of put himself in that position. He knew that Stroman was going to hit him and probably draw a penalty. I mean, that's what pests do is they get under your skin. You got a chance to run them. You're going to run them, probably get a penalty. And, you know, he did his job. But for him to kind of complain about it afterwards, you know, I don't think it's going to get a suspension or anything like that. I, I doubt it, but I've been wrong um, for pretty much everything I've said on this podcast. So, well, I guess we'll find out. But I don't know, man. As far as Kuznetsov goes, I agree. Uh, that guy is a, a monster. But look at Strawman. He was kind of getting under his skin a little bit and playing physical with them. They had a couple um, after the whistle jabs and shots going back and forth. And then they get tied up in front. Kuznetsov takes a penalty, a high sticking. And then uh, I don't know if they scored on that power play or not. But, again, putting Tampa on the power play by just getting a little scrum like that. I mean, you you know, it shows that there there are weaknesses in this Washington team that Tampa can take advantage of. So it's going to be a hell of a series. And like I said, uh, Tampa's going to sweep. <laughs> so, you know, starting last game, you know, they're going to win the next three. That's technically a sweep. It's winning four games in a row. So four to two series, I'm still right. So that's how it is. It's, uh, it's more you, of a swiffer than a sweep. I'll tell you, another thing that's driving me nuts is um, – and I like Tom Wilson. I think he's, you know, a player people fear. I think he's a great player. Um, really has added some skill um, along with, you know, his big hits and whatnot. But he's becoming a bit of a soccer player out there. And I'm starting to see a lot of other guys also become a bit of a soccer player. Um, where they're just getting hit and just falling over, crying, trying to dive, trying to take the call, take the dive, you know, whatever it is. I mean, hockey has been hockey because, you know, we're the opposite of basketball. Or the opposite of soccer. Like these guys just need to take their hit, you know, sir, may I please have another and just move on. If they get the call, they get the call. Like people are just playing into it a little too much this year. It's kind of driving me nuts a little bit. Uh, Brian, do you see this at all? Am I the only one? Brando? I mean, I've, I've seen a little bit. Wilson, Wilson, he grabbed his head as soon as he got hit yesterday and, and laid on the ice for a minute. He didn't really, hit, I mean, he got bumped a little bit in the shoulder. He yeah, was from behind. Didn't really hit his head. He popped up real quick once he realized there was a penalty called. So, but even um, I saw it looked like Johnson even sold it a little bit last night when he got the the cross check from behind by uh, Kempney. Um, yeah, I'm not saying yeah, I'm not saying the Lightning players are immune to either. They're they're doing it oh, no, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone's starting to kind of do it a little bit. It's really just driving me nuts across the board. You know, Vegas, Winnipeg, everyone. You get hit a little bit. You don't like it. You go down. You throw your stick up. You my yard sale. You cover your face. And then you're either not getting a call or whatever, you know. But that's on the refs to call that embellishment. If they're trying to sell a little bit more, then the refs got to be aware of that. So guys are going to do it, but one person gets called on an embellishment, and they're probably going to, you know, get away from that. So I agree. I see it as well. And if they can get the penalty call, great, because power plays can make or break your – I mean, your chances of winning the game. So, I mean, yeah, if a guy kind of ran me at the numbers a little bit, I might kind of throw my own neck into the boards and make it look worse than it actually was. And, uh, I mean, that's just how it is, man. So, yeah, it is kind of shitty, but you got to do what you got to do to to put your team in, in, a, in a good position to to get another goal. So, anyways, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, what else you guys got I mean, for, for for these two series? I mean, well, let me just come back here real quick. Uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just old school, I guess. I'm just going to keep the feet moving when I get hit. You know, they want to make the call, they make the call. I'm not banging on anything. But um, what else do I have for the series? I'm also going to go on a little rant here for a second. Um, I don't know. Like, I think I told you guys I got the – for game one against the Lightning Capitals, I get to sit on the glass, uh, which was awesome. I actually didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Uh, 
for this game. I like being in my usual seats, you know, where the lightning attack first and third. I was in the glass where the, uh, the capital shoot first and third. Um, I got to see Holpe a lot and um, when he was down there. And I'll tell you, I think the dude's a freaking psychopath. Um, he's got the craziest look in his eyes, first of all. And something I've never noticed from watching on TV, something they don't show you. Every time they go to a commercial break, um, he, like, pops his helmet off. He takes his water bottle, and he, like, shoots this arc of water up in the air, like, six or seven feet up in the air. And he just, like, tracks it with his eyes and just spaces out for a good 20 seconds. Super weird. And he does this every commercial break. So I must have seen him do it, like, 15 times a game. I've never seen it on TV. They don't show it. But, like, when it's in person – I'm like, what is this guy doing? It's either some like ancient Chinese, you know, focusing trick or whatever. But the dude looked insane when he was doing it. Like the craziest look in his eyes. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's an ancient Chinese focus <laughs> trick. Yeah, that's the first thing they teach you: spray water in the air and look at it for a while. <laughs> yeah, he can't be can't be a psycho. He's making Geico commercials. <laughs> That guy's I mean, got a hell of a neck beard, by the way. I mean, have you guys seen this? I mean, no one probably has, right? I mean, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No, but goalies are fucking weird, so I'm not surprised whatsoever. I mean, same thing with Hellebuck sitting on the bench uh, before the games. He's doing his, his eye exercises and warm-ups. I don't know why I'm trying to do it like you guys can see <laughs> me right now. I'm like looking like, a, looking like an idiot over here. But I don't know, man. I think just goalies in general are just fucking weird people, and uh, they do weird things, and I think it's a lot of fun to watch, actually. I mean, and also the, the refing uh, in this conference finals, not too big a fan of, uh, especially in the Lightning Washington. Um, some of these calls, man, you know, are just soft. They're letting some hits go. They're letting some stuff go. And, and you know, I was sitting in the game in person, and, like, people in their seats are flipping out or booing the refs. And then I went home, and I watched it the next day on TV. Show like somehow a lot of stuff behind the plays got left out on TV. They didn't really comment on that. You know, you could see people getting hit, and the commentators like Milbury and them just kind of don't even say anything about it. So it's pretty weird with the wrapping of what they choose to let go, what they choose to call. Um, that Burkowski tripping with Vasilevsky. I'm just you know, people will argue that with me all day, but you know, he basically skated into Vazzy's skate, fell over, and to give a call like that in conference finals, I mean pissed me off pretty much. Um, but you know what? The Lightning need to make better of that. I mean, you know, away from the refing, they, they gave up two goals at the end of periods, which completely screwed them each time. Um, so I don't know, man. It's just it's a little frustrating seeing the refs are so involved and these power plays are so dangerous that it's becoming a factor. Well, I think that might kind of open up some doors after this season to potentially have some sort of like a coach's challenge as far as penalties, you know, like – a high stick that Hedman got that wasn't a high stick. It was just a puck that led to a goal. You know, maybe a coach can say, hey, review that. And if they call off the penalty, then it's just back to a face-off and you go from there. So, I don't know, man. They might kind of look at everything that people are complaining about this season and talk to the GMs about it and, and vote on it and, and see what happens. But uh, I think that'll be kind of interesting. And obviously, you know, I'm not a big fan of all the challenges and stuff that uh, keep coming up, but – Oh well, I mean, if you you know if you wanna if you wanna make the game absolutely perfect and all the calls perfect, then they're gonna have to be some sort of reviews. And I'm not saying it doesn't go both ways because it does. Obviously, there's two calls that are questionable: the Lightning that they got, or watching that Lightning got power plays for, they scored on, and the commentators made a made a big deal about it. But after that game, um, you know, game game one, game two, I was on social media looking and. 
people are just blasting the lightning, like pretty much saying that, you know, and it was a lot of Boston fans pretty much were like, oh, it's ironic. The lightning are crying about penalties after they got pushed through to this round because of bad refing. So, you know, I feel like there's no pleasing everyone. Uh, people are just bitching the bitch about everything. But um, which leads me to my other my other rant is going <laughs> to God, <whoa. laughs> get fired. It's going to be this freaking conspiracy in the NHL. Uh, you know, Bettman wants Washington to win. I feel like maybe you guys disagree with me or whatnot, but, you know, we, I mean, we all could kind of agree that Pittsburgh's NHL's golden child. They love them. Pierre Maguire loves them. Bettman loves the market. Sidney Crosby, he's, you know, his face is everywhere. It's great. It's a big money maker. You know, they couldn't get Pittsburgh to win. I'm sure they've tried in the past and it worked. This time it didn't work. So now they're like, okay, well, we have all these you know, small market teams. We don't like Winnipeg. We don't like Vegas. We don't like Lightning. But we do like Washington, and we can really market Ovi. So let's push him through. I, I feel like the NHL is behind there playing Puppet Master, trying to do what they can, if they have any influence at all, to help Washington get through because it's going to make more money for them in the long run because the NHL loves to market their little star players. Well, I guess we'll see who wins this series. And if Washington wins, then, yep, it's on Bettman. Nobody else, right? <laughs> not on Vasilevsky or not on the coaches or not on the players. It's on Bettman. So, I guess we'll see what happens, Polly. Maybe I'm a little bitter. I don't know. I just – I was really upset on Sunday, and it's the only thing that made sense to me then. <laughs> I understand. I feel – I definitely feel it as far as Pittsburgh goes. But now that they're out, then they're probably like, oh, well, fuck, we don't care who wins anymore. Um, you know they love Mark and Ovi. They, I mean, the big three they used to market was, um, you know, Ovi, Crosby, and who else was the other one? Just Ovi and Crosby. Yeah, I would just say <laughs> between the two of them, yeah, they, those are the two big boys in the league, really. Their Kane. How about Patrick, Patrick Kane? Oh, that's true. Real smooth. <laughs> Real, Brian, do it with me. Real, Real smooth. smooth. Real <laughs> smooth. Dude, shout out to Patrick Kane freaking tearing it up on uh, a team that's not Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, Team USA, baby. Yeah. You know, we should have done some more research on how the team's doing and the stats and stuff like that. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Maybe. I'm kind of dropping the ball. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, now that Paul's done with all of his rants, you got anything else, Paulie? <laughs> Brad, guy, you have any rants that you want to go on? Lars Eller's been subbing in for, for backs from the last couple games, and uh, he took two bad penalties yesterday that led to the Kucherov goal in the second. So, Backstrom, 100% back for tomorrow's game. That's Bry Guy's final slot. Bong. 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 Well, speaking of Bry Guy, let's go back and revisit clip number two in the club with Brian Eddy. Uh, Bry Guy, thanks for coming on, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right, man? No problem, guys. Thanks for having me again. See you, Bry. Is Bry Guy still here from Secrets? I got Chris Guy, so give me your review of Secrets so far. You know, it's a really great place, I gotta say. This girl shaking her ass right now is a hot fucking girl. There's a few, you know, there's a few girls that you might not want to be a part of, but there's some hotties. Let's be real. Have you had the best experience of your life here tonight? No, just quite frankly, because they're not full nude.
I'm, I'm looking at you right now. You seem to be sitting in a, a very dejective seat. You look you look not happy with this performance tonight. Are you not happy? You know, I've been happier. And uh, I got to say, the quality control is, is missing. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And we... <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, once again, you know, just finishing up these segments with Bra Guy and Eddie in the club. Now we are bringing on our special featured guest, Mr. Sensei Matt Walsh. What up, dude? What up? How you doing, man? Oh, you know, just living the dream, bro. It's out here in beautiful Sarasota, Florida. Driving behind all these old fucks, getting pissed off, but whatever. Not a big deal. Yeah, sounds like Sarasota to me, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, hey, buddy, I want to thank you for, for taking the time out of your day to join us. And, um, you know, as always, how I like to start things off here is I want to get to know a little bit about you and, and kind of share your story with the boys. So why don't you give us a, a quick little recap of, of the life of Walsh and where you grew up, where you played hockey and how you made your way eventually to the Ferg's squad. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a, it's a dream come true. I never thought I'd, uh, live to see the day, but, um, yeah, we actually didn't even want to have you on, but we ran out of people. So (laughs) I figured, (laughs) I mean, you gotta put the scrubs on every once in a while. Of course. But, um, yeah, so I was born here in Sarasota, Florida, born and raised, uh, lived here, Till I was about 18, till I moved away for juniors. But uh, before that, I played youth hockey here from three till 18. Uh, I played for the Eels for this one guy. He's a real douchebag. I believe Waldick knows who he is, Frank Scarpacci. Yeah, he didn't mention him before. Huge cocksucker. I mean, like, oh, it's just the epitome of a bad person. But what can you do? You know, you gotta, you gotta live and learn, right? So. Um, after that, I started playing for the Flames, and um, you're a flamer. That's my, yeah, yeah, I'm a flamer. Huge flamer, no doubt. But okay. uh, that's where my hockey career kind of started taking off, you know. And I thought I had big like intentions for my hockey career. I could see myself going somewhere with it. Um, but uh, and then after that, I went and tried out up in Connecticut for the for the Hartford Junior Wolfpack. Made the squad immediately. The coaches told me I didn't even have to finish the tryout. They're like, you just look so good out here with your black skates and black toques. Oh. You're on the team. <laughs> it was pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. But uh, Hold on. You wore black skates and black toques? Yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had one black lace and one white lace also. And you weren't cut from the team immediately? <laughs> no, I was put on the team immediately. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That yeah, is amazing. Times have so changed. that goes. Times have changed. Oh, definitely. But that also goes to show you, like, how much they were hurting and they needed some some sort of help. You know what I mean? Yes. But um, and from there, I moved to Maryland to finish off my junior career and uh, like actual competitive hockey career, which was terrible. I mean, it was the worst experience of my life. I lived in the hood. Um, Did you live with the Billet family up there? No, I had an apartment up there, 
And um, literally, me and my teammates were the only white people in that complex. Wow. It was the, the rest were black or Mexican. It was pretty scary. I'm not going to lie. A couple Asian people, too, but we don't care about them. Okay. Um, and then uh, I started playing for a team in Ellington called, uh, called the Beers. Yes. And, uh, yes, actually, I, I played for a team that you also played on, Empire Auto. Oh, yeah. Empire was, was a squad, that's for sure. That, that was a fucking dominate, dominant team right there. Nobody could beat us. Um, but that's where I believe I met you. And uh, I want to say I met Wal- Waldick. And um, after some years had gone by, you had left that team and started playing for KTM, who I don't want to get into that because it's just you guys kicked our ass every time. And it's pretty heartbreaking. But Yeah, we don't need to get into that. This is just all yeah. about your, your story, man. We don't need to yeah. bring up all this sad stuff. Keep going. No, no. Um, so then you guys started playing in Brandon, and Walter comes up to me one day. And he's like, hey. he's like uh, we're going to need a sub tonight in Brandon. Would you like to play? And I was like, shit, all right, I'll try it out. And from the first game, I think I fell in love with Ferg's live team. And it's just no looking back since. <laughs> wow, you got me You got me tearing up over here, buddy. What a, what a beautiful way to round it out, man. You fell in love with the squad. And you know what, buddy? We love you back just as much. Oh. So we, we love having you on the team, man. You're a perfect fit for the boys. You know, we're, our, the, main, the main thing we try to do with these teams is we try to get people that we just have a good time hanging out with, no drama. You know, we've had people with drama in the past. And, you know, it just yeah. makes things awkward and shitty for everyone. So we try to fill the locker room with boys that, you know, just just love – chugging beers playing hockey and just having a good time man so i think we got a solid squad right now and uh you know wherever life takes us i'm always gonna look back on these times and say you know that was the squad man so hopefully we we continue with our uh back-to-back championship this season man we we keep things rolling dude but um yeah man so it sounds like you've been a lot of different places you've been up in connecticut uh, you you mentioned that you met brad and Allenton, you guys didn't play youth hockey together or anything like that? Uh, no, Brad was a few years older than I am. So he was always like um, like an age level above my, above me. Gotcha. So we never played together, but just played for the same organization. Yeah, I forgot that he was a little bit older than you. That makes sense now. My bad. I should have done my research. <laughs> Where's Brian when you need him? Like, come on. Yeah, I know. I know. We actually just uh, – we just hung up uh, – with Bri, he was giving us a, the beer league and NHL recap, as I'm sure you'll listen when you get to that B as well. So, um, shout out to Bri, we miss you already. Um, but one one thing I want to kind of loop back to is your time in Connecticut, and I've never been there. I know uh, I know where it is on on the map, but uh, you know what's what's the weather like up there? I mean, what was your time like while you were there? Um, well, uh, Connecticut's a real shithole. <laughs> It's like there's only like one or two towns that are pretty nice, but other than that, it's just a dump. And uh, of course, the year that I lived up there, they had the worst nor'eastern they've had in like 25 years. So I saw about like four and a half feet of snow in a matter of a week. Oh, now now being a being a Florida boy and going up there and dealing with all that snow, I'm sure that was a, a pretty crazy experience. Do you have any? 
any crazy stories of just you like dealing with the snow for the first time or what? Uh, yeah. Well, um, there was this one night there was probably, probably snowed about a foot and a half. And, uh, I had a Jeep Cherokee at the time and I was at my billet's house. And, um, so me and my billet and like a couple other of our buddies were like, let's go fuck around in the snow. So I was like, all right, we hopped in my Jeep and this one kid took his fucking little tiny Subaru, like, I don't know, Impreza or some shit like that. And, uh, I, it was like lowered. It shouldn't even have been on the road. It was the <laughs> worst car I've ever seen. But, um, so we're being idiots and like drifting around turns and fucking doing donuts and stuff like that. And, uh, I go around this one turn and I just see a car in the ditch <laughs> and, so like the ass end is like off the ground basically because this car is so small and the ditch was so deep. Like it's just, it was stuck. There's no getting that thing out. Um, so we, we tried like hooking the tow rope up to my Jeep and I was going to pull him out, but the dumb fuck hooked the tow rope up to my plastic bumper and he's like, all right, you're good. And so I like hit it like I, cause I needed to, to get it out of there. And my bumper just rips completely off. <laughs> And I Jeep and I'm looking and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, dude, what happened? I was like, you hooked a rope to a plastic bumper, you idiot. I was like, that's not how that works. Like you find a fucking axle or something like some steel to put that shit on. Maybe, maybe you should have walked him through all that knowledge before you guys, uh, you know, just just railed on the gas and went to pull the car out of there. <laughs> You know, looking back on it, I probably should have, but like he was supposedly a big car guy and, and I figured like, oh, this car guy, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. He knows how to hook up a tow rope. (laughs) It's not. So. Oh man. Well, I bet you don't miss the snow at this point, man. It's, it's, and coming from Michigan myself and moving down here, buddy, you know, I don't. I don't mind the cold weather. I don't mind the snow, but just driving in it, especially when you got a daily commute and stuff like that, man, it's just brutal. So God bless those people for still staying up there, but I'm going to enjoy my sunshine down here. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, the snow's nice, but like you said, the, the daily commutes was terrible and stuff like that, like shoveling driveways. Get the fuck out of here. I don't got time for that shit. Yeah. Get the fuck so, out. Uh, get out of here. Yeah. Son. Fuck you, man. Yeah, fuck you, Sal. Fuck you. <laughs> well, hey, dude, you know, I want to um, – uh, we're going to kind of split up your segment here, but I want to ask you one more question before we take a little break. I want to right. circle back to the segment that we had you on here before as Sensei Walsh and your deep shower thoughts, man. I mean, we've, we've talked about it all the time. We've only had you on here one time. I just want to give our listeners kind of a, a background as to why we chose you for that. And it really has to do with your ability to, I guess, think deeper than your average person. And sometimes you have to, um, you know, bring in other supplements and, and do other things to bring your mind to another level. And honestly, I think that has to do with the amount of pizza that you eat. Now, let me, now let, me, let me explain. Let me explain. So the amount of pizza, I mean, you know, pizza has all different toppings you can imagine. You know, I mean, let me just run through a couple. You know, like there's cheese, pepperoni, onions, molly, magic mushrooms, <laughs> marijuana, sausage. <laughs> the list goes on. <laughs> so, oh, shit. 
So what I wanted to ask you is that, you know, when you get into your deep thoughts, that obviously you you ate some sort of pizza and whatever toppings, I'm sure they vary on, you know, depending on the occasion. Can you tell me, you know, one time when you ate pizza, what was what was the topping that you had on your pizza? And do you have a crazy uh, story or funny story you want to share about your experience after you ate that pizza? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a experience of mine. Um, I had this, I had a pizza with, uh, Molly on there one time <laughs> and, uh, like or anything or just, uh, no, just, just like dough sauce and Molly. That was it. No cheese, okay. nothing. Okay. Um, and after we ate that pizza, me and a couple of buddies of mine decided to go to a rave. Um, and I think I put a little too much Molly on my pizza uh-huh. because um, like at raves nowadays, there's uh, like they have these gloves, right? And there's lights on all the fingers and shit like okay. that. And it's just really insane when you're on MDMA or Molly, as we like to say. Okay. And uh, so I was at this rave and I was getting like a light show by one kid with these gloves and then all of a sudden, like, this other fucking kid comes up from behind him and pokes his gloves out, like, behind this dude's head. And, like, my mind just exploded. <laughs> then out of nowhere, a third person came up and, like, his hands were in the background, kind of off in the distance, but I could still see him. And it was almost like watching a fireworks show right in front of my face. <laughs> okay. But, and, like, I, I literally, like, melted into the ground. And my brain started drooping out of my ears. Like, it was just, it was insane. I can't, it's hard to explain it, but it was probably the most magical moment of my life. And uh, I think that's where a lot of my deep thoughts come from is because my brain's probably pretty fucked up from that. <laughs> so I just like, get into some heavy thoughts. And uh, I think that's how it happens. But I, I don't know. It might be the marijuana pizza. I'm not sure. But. Okay. Well, hey, man, you know, obviously, you know, there's, there's pizza, there's different pizzas, there's different toppings for different occasions. And, uh, you know, a rave, right. I think, is, you know, a definitely a deep dish serving of Molly pizza. So I, that, <laughs> that really makes sense to me. And I appreciate you sharing that story. That is fucking hilarious. I wish you could have recorded that somehow and, uh, and done. Oh, I, I wish be, you could have done a, 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 a Sensei Walsh segment. Um, you know, during your adventures at the rave there, I'm sure we've, it probably wouldn't have even been in English or something like that, but it was still would have been hilarious. No, I don't even think I was able to speak at that moment. I was basically drooling. And um, I don't know if you've ever done like ecstasy or Molly or anything, but your jaw like clenches and you start grinding your teeth and stuff like that. No. So I, I, yeah, not, my English that was- sounds horrible. <laughs> It's pretty bad. It's not It's not a good time. Your jaw hurts super bad the next day and stuff like that. But it was really fun, like, in the moment. You know? well, hey, man, I mean, I'm sure Brad Guy can attest that when he used to eat a lot of pizza with just, you know, regular toppings, that his jaw probably hurt the next day, too. But, <laughs> you know, he, uh, you know, uh, Brad Guy's looking more and more like Pavel Burry every day. So I'm sure that he's been kind of cutting back on the pizza and uh, getting on that uh, beautiful uh, exercise bike that he got from uh, the manager, Eddie, over at Played Against Sports. I'm sure you've heard of him. Oh, I've heard of him. Oh. Isn't he a manager at the Players Club, too? Uh, yeah, yeah, same guy, same guy. Yeah, I think he does most of his work over at uh, Play It Again. But, uh, well, li- listen, man, uh, okay. I- I'm going to break up the segment because speaking of speaking of Eddie and Bry, 
Um, these guys have a four-part segment, and we've already played two segments. We're going to get to part three right now of Eddie and Bry in the club, and then we're going to come back and we're going to finish <laughs> up the interview with you. Okay, buddy? So we'll give you a call back shortly. All right, man? All right. Sounds All right, good. Peace. Later. Fry guy coming at you in the Ferg's Live Live review of Secrets. Eddie now has a new review of this place. What do you think, Eddie? So we're at the bar trying to close out our tabs, and they get super aggressive when you're trying to close it out. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to leave you a five dollar tip. They're like, whoa, that's not the one I want you to sign. I'll bring you a fucking another one. So here you go. Sign this tab real quick. Hold on there, folks. Eddie, Eddie's coming back now. Eddie, finish it out real quick for us. Yeah, so either way, whatever I said before, they suck. They suck. Secrets in Tampa sucks. This is Bra Guy. Eddie Leupold is your review. One bite. Everyone knows the rules. She may have called me, but I was under. Welcome back, everybody. That uh, was segment three of Eddie and Bry in the club. And now we are joined back again with Mr. Walshy. Walshy, we, oh. we still got you, bud? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, is right. Oh, and speaking of uh, special guests, we have uh, my co-host, Polly D, joining us for the second segment of the Walshy interview. Oh, well, well, well. Nice of you to join us, Mr. Polly D. <laughs> Hey, bud. Uh, glad to glad to have you on today. Uh, I've been uh, excited to have you on for a little while. You're one of my favorite guys in the locker room, and um, I-, I will say, when it comes to comes to you, Mr. Walsh, um, when you joined the team, man, it was like such a seamless connection. You just fit in so well with the guys. We are just all happy to have you. Yeah, like I was telling Brando earlier. I mean, it was it was the first game. I was like, I, this is my team. Like, I'm going to be on this team for the rest. <laughs> the team's history or my history. <laughs> hey, really so. quick before we dive into some other questions, man, I want to kind of circle back about playing on the Ferg squad and you playing on the first line with Waldick and Pauly. Um, you know, what do you think makes your line so successful and so unique, the three of you playing? Uh, well, I think the, the three of us just click so well off the ice that – it's just like hand in hand on the ice, you know, like we know where each other is going to be. Like I don't even have to look. And I know Paul's standing there back, back door right there at the post, ready for that little tap in fucking Barry. That's my spot. Yeah. It's, and me and Waldick, I don't know. We're kind of like twins. So we're like the Sabine brothers, but not as ugly. Maybe Waldick is, but I don't know. Um, You're like the so Sabine yeah, we brothers, but, but yeah. Waldick, Waldick doesn't really pass that much. So. No, uh, <laughs> he's like all. both the Sabine brothers himself, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just kind of like the puck, I guess. <laughs> which Sabine brother would you be? Which one doesn't pass? Which one? Which one? One has like all the assists, and one has like goals and assists. <laughs> you know which one? This is like trivia <laughs> question here. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I'm gonna guess Henrik. <laughs> well, let's just say the Sabine brothers have like a rotating scrub going through them on the wing, and that's usually me. I'm like the third guy. Just, <laughs> Along for the ride. <laughs> Alexander Burroughs of the line yeah. or something. Like a Paul Bissonette or something like that. <laughs> hey, that guy's my hero, man. 
Dude, me too. I love that guy. Dude, you watch his uh you watch his Epi so far? He's got some pretty good ones. I saw all I three. Yeah. yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen all three. I'd actually watched them today while I was driving. So I'm I don't know. Go home and watch them tonight, actually. I haven't seen them yet. It honestly makes me want to book a flight right to Vancouver because it looks unbelievable. Yeah, but I mean I would like to go to like Shane Doan's house and ride those jet skis or you know, do stuff like that because I don't know. If I book a flight to BC, I'm not going to be able to afford to do anything else. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's expensive. So, yeah. So um, I, got, I got a question for you, bud. Um, you know, since joining the team, we're talking about that. What, um, what would you say is like your best quality you bring to the team besides your unhealthy addiction to abomination wings after the game? <laughs> um. Oh, God, I don't know. I think just the uh, – just, like, my attitude, I think, really. You know, like, I'm always just, like, upbeat, kind of kind of trying to bring everybody up. Um, I never really get in too much of a bad mood, you know. So I'm always, like, the happy guy trying to laugh and joke around and do all kinds of crazy shit. Um, I think that's the best quality I have. Nothing on the ice. I'm a terrible <laughs> hockey player. So. I don't think I've ever seen Walsh actually get mad. He's right. No, he really is always just smiling and have a good time, man. That's what it's all about, though. Yeah, absolutely. You can't be like – it's adult hockey. I mean, come on. You can't be mad out there. <laughs> it's true, man. We could be sitting at home or sitting at work uh, on a night, Monday night. So, yeah, I mean, we got it pretty good these days. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, well man, let's uh, – we want to bring you to our lightning round. We got some random questions for you. Uh, just shooting you with some stuff off guard, and I uh, want to hear the first kind of things that come to mind, man. All right. Sounds good. I've got, I've got nine total questions for you, and just throw your answers out there. Don't think about it too much, okay? Okay. I'll see what I can do. Okay. Question number one. Who is the best player to ever wear a Columbus Blue Jackets jersey? Uh, Johansson or whatever the fuck his last name is, however you say it. I don't know his first name. Close Ra- enough. Brian? Ra- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Question, question number two. Do you prefer vodka or whiskey? Whiskey all day. Ah. Question number three. Who's the best looking guy on our team? On our team? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Russ. You know, that bald head just shining in the light when that sweat gets on there, you know? Oh, man. Just a beautiful guy. You get me turned on. <laughs> he, he had a little extra swag over uh, Mancation when he had that fedora on. He was all styling and shit. Oh, I missed the fedora. I'm so pissed that I missed him in a fedora. <laughs> I did see a picture though, and he looked like godlike with that thing on. It was unbelievable. Oh, he's gonna have a smile on his face after he hears this. <laughs> this is great. All right, question number four: If you had to move to another country, where would you move? Um. I'd probably go to like Europe. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Where, where specifically? Uh, like Amsterdam or some shit? Amsterdam? Okay. Fair enough. Is that in Europe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, close enough. Yeah, sure. I mean, continents, cities, <laughs> countries, whatever. Whatever. That's where I would I'd go to Amsterdam. We'll just say that. Oh. You still with me? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I got phone on Do Not Disturb. There we go. Uh, sorry to sorry to break that up. So you you're gonna move to Amsterdam, wherever the hell that is. That's great. Question number five. Yeah. 
What is your favorite TV show from the 90s? Um, shit. You were like, you were like four years old. Not from the 90s. Fresh Prince. I don't know. I'll, I'll Fresh... accept it. I'll accept it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fresh Prince? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Can you uh, right. can you sing the theme song? I cannot sing, sing the theme song. Damn. I don't remember. Then obviously it's not your favorite show, you fucking liar. It's like uh, fucking stepped out of the cabby, smell you later, or some shit like that. <laughs> okay, question number six. What is the best movie that you've seen in the last five years? Um. Mm. Shit. Oh, God damn it. I don't know. I can't think of any, one. Anytime now. you've gone to a theater, like an IMAX, you saw something just blew your mind or something? I mean, if we say in the past year, does that make it easier? <laughs> oh, you know <laughs> what? That's your best movie of all time. Cockblockers. That you was say? the oh, funniest blockers. movie. Yeah, yeah, blockers, whatever it is. I just saw that last weekend. It was hilarious. Oh my God, I cried during that whole movie. It was so funny. It was great. All right, question number seven. If you could own any car ever created, which car would you want? Uh, I'm going to have to go with a 1969 Camaro SS. Oh, going with a muscle car. Yeah. American made. I love it. You said 69. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Question number eight. Who's the best player to ever wear a Team USA jersey? TJ Oshi. TJ TJ Soshi. TJ Sochi, yeah. Very good, very good. Uh the last one, question number it's, seven. It's actually it's a toss-up. Uh him or Ryan um uh what's what's the fucking Johansson? Uh <laughs> Oh, he was in Miracle. What the fuck's his name? O'Callahan or some shit like that. <laughs> That's not a ride at all. Riz- you talking about Rizzioni? No, not Rizzioni. What's the, the – oh, Jack O'Callahan. <laughs> it's so fucking <Man>. random. <laughs> I would have gone with Mike Madonna, obviously, but question number nine. Oh, fuck Mike Madonna. He sucks. Yeah, he does suck. Favorite, <laughs> what's your favorite hockey movie of all time, buddy? Uh, I'm going to go with D2. Mm. Wow. I like it. A little international flair tying in those two last questions. Yeah. Hockey, Team USA. Look at that shit. You're fucking good at this. So, yeah, I try. Sometimes. Speaking of that, wasn't Mike Madonna uh, a guest appearance in D2? Weren't they walking off the ice? He was. Yeah. Shit, man. This camera off goes circle. Yep. I <laughs> see how that works. Think about I think that. He, I think he got off the ice. I was drinking whiskey afterwards. <laughs> Gong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fucking great well you did a fantastic job on those man and uh i think the best part about this whole thing is that paul didn't get to hear the first part of the interview so when he gets to listen to it for the first time i know he's gonna laugh his ass off and uh, i think everyone else listening is gonna really enjoy um you know just listening to you talk about you know your past and, and playing with us and stuff like that so we appreciate you having you on uh paul you got anything else for this scrub or what Nah, man. Excited to get back on the ice with you on Monday. I can't wait. About to bury that team. Yes, sir. Well, thanks, Wall Street, for coming on, buddy. We'll look to have you on uh, possibly in the studio uh, next time. 
Yep. And uh, all right. Thanks for having me, boys. Definitely, man. Now we're gonna roll it over to uh, Brian and Eddie's um, final segment at the club. So uh, all you people enjoy that, and we'll see everybody on the next podcast. Peace. Hey, this is Brian Guy here for the Ferg's Live Live Podcast. I am here with Lexi of Secrets. Lexi, how you doing? Hi, I'm okay. I'm a little depressed about the lightning, but I'll be okay. We're here um, after the lightning loss on uh, Friday night at Secrets in, uh, in Tampa. Thanks to, um, we, we have me manager Eddie here. We're, we're here live with Lexi. I'm just going to leave. So live, Alexi, we are trying to figure out what to do with a um, a broken knife. What here. you do is you come down, you come to Secrets, and you drink the pain away. Because win or lose, we still booze. I'm pretty upset. I wanted to kill myself in the second period, but I, if I can make it, you guys can make it. It's only game one. Be okay. If, if you can't agree with Lexi of Secrets, what are you doing living life right now? Eddie agrees. Chris agrees. Seriously, there, there is no... Spoken like a true champion. Okay, they have so many Bud Lights on their tables. I gotta clean some of this up. But these guys are good guys. Good stuff. Good stuff. Drink the pain away, people. Drink the pain away. It's only game one. Hang in there. Lexi of Secrets. We are having a good time here tonight. We have Chris, Eddie, Lexi, and have a good night, kids. We will talk to you soon, and go Bulls in game two.